Are, are you done moping about the new Taylor Swift video? Am I? Am I, Derek? I know, I I'm asking. Know. Are you? Are you done being rude? Rude? Yeah. Um, you're being I, pretty rude. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think I'm being rude. Asshole. You totally <laughs> are. Asshole. Alright, anyway. Um, so we got, we got a podcast to record. Yeah, we do. So welcome to episode 11 of Stuck in the Middle with You, a podcast where two guys take a look at a critically divisive film and see on what side of the consensus they fall on. My name is Derek Gade, and my friend and collaborator across uh, the great North American continent is the one and only Juan Barkeen. Say hi, Juan. Hi, Juan. And um, this was my pick this time, and I got to pick an old favorite. And uh, and, uh, how did you like this one, man? Spoil me. I don't know. I don't know how did I enjoy it. Who knows? We'll find out in the I rest guess... of this podcast because that's okay. what it's for. All right. Well, since you're playing coy, we'll tell the audience that the movie that I we're hated it. <laughs> the movie we're doing this time around is called Nothing, directed by a Canadian American director Vincenzo Natale and released in 2003. And if that name rings a bell, it's because uh, Mr. Natale is uh, the writer-director of one of my favorite movies, the uh, 1997 uh, mind-melter sci-fi horror thing, Cube, which is a movie I hold very closely, very near and dear to my heart. And, uh, uh, well, if you remember the story from last episode, I saw this in a video store, was going to rent it, and the dude at the video store said, no one else has ever rented this, do you want to buy this? And I did, and this movie is great. What do you think about it, Juan? I want to. I'm really. I'm really curious to know what you thought of this. Well, first of all, I'm gonna make my amazing joke, which was the reason this podcast was delayed because we wanted to give every listener a genuine experience last week with <laughs> the fact that there was absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the 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 less funny but more accurate. Uh, excuse for that is that I was away. It was my turn to not be at my home station. I was uh, I was in Toronto on vacation uh, to visit some friends and attend the Toronto Comic Arts Festival or TCAF. It was great, but I wasn't able to record a pod, which is what we're doing now. So explaining it just makes it more boring. But you suck. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> better late than never. I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess. I enjoyed myself. I did. Awesome. Yeah. So. So Juan, what what isn't <laughs> there's going to be tons of these little micro jokes just because of the title of the film? What was nothing about? I don't know. It's a <laughs> show about nothing. That's what well, it was, see, except that side, but it's actually about a lot of things. See, that's the thing. It's not about nothing as you would uh, as you would expect from the title. It's about friendship. It's about how well, awful it is to be a roommate with someone <laughs> it's about how your friends have a unique insight into how to, into how to drive you fucking insane that is very true and it's heartfelt and emotional sometimes and just really amusing other times it's a very amusing film it's a kind of from a formal point of view it's kind of another exercise in constrained filmmaking from vincenzo natale cube used one set and basically had six actors just pinball off of each other for 90 minutes. This is kind of the same deal. This is just basically a feature-length two-hander where the two characters, Dave and Andrew, played by David Hewlett, who you might know from Cube, but also uh, Stargate Atlantis. 
and, and 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 Andrew Miller, who you might also recognize from Cube. Um, these three guys were friends, and it shows, man. It shows in the way this film is crafted, in the way this film feels. It really does, but I will say something I found really – oh, so, like, the movie essentially begins with, like, these two fucking, like, sad sack loser types getting – basically about to get arrested and lose their home and then – Which is nestled between – which is nestled between uh, opposite directions highways. of the 401 in Toronto. Essentially, they end up disappearing into this, like, realm where they can hate things away. Yes, um, uh, we get – we find out towards – Maybe the midpoint of the film that uh, the two guys, Dave and Andrew, find themselves in this seemingly infinite white void because they have hated away the world. Yeah. And then they start hating away little things like bills, their hunger. And then it starts getting a little bit more sinister as the film goes along. But like one of the things that I found really strange i guess was up until they go into the nothing i didn't right. really feel like it was a vincenzo natale movie but then again i haven't like admittedly seen as much of his work or as often i guess as you have maybe um, but, um I, it feels hmm. like a terry gilliam movie yes okay i'm really glad you mentioned his name because that was like the first thing and like it exists it's, in this world it's like very this, gilliam-esque yeah it like it's like this weird plane of reality that like i want to call low budget terry gilliam but like yeah you could say that weird little risks that i don't think terry gilliam would have taken because of the fact that it's low budget yeah, it's 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 the house nestled between the uh, between the overpasses. It's the office that has just a bunch of wires dangling. It's, it's the like this everything dude looks who's broken. telling them the first time that they're losing their house, and like he's like, "But why am I losing the house?" And, like it's like just the most ridiculous little like exchange, but it's this little like this weird bureaucratic that, that, sci-fi. Yeah, shit. it's it's bureaucrat sci-fi for like the first twenty minutes, and that dude that initially comes to uh to their house to evict them is les carlson a popular actor in canada who is actually an american canadian actor born in the states uh but a naturalized canadian citizen How uh, uh he's a character actor Duddle, did a lot of stuff north of the border uh, and al uh, also known as the dude who gets fucked up in a royal way in the third act of videodrome of course he is so uh yeah the <laughs> Most of the first act, it feels like a sort of a low-budget Terry Gilliam, which I don't think is a coincidence because I think one of the filmmakers that influences Natali is uh, Gilliam to the point where one of uh, Natali's films is a documentary called uh, Getting Gilliam, which chronicles uh, Terry Gilliam's ill-fated uh, principal photography of his Don Quixote movie. So you would know this, and I like, <laughs> I had no idea about this fact because I feel like I don't know nearly enough of Nintendo Natale's work, even though I think he's fascinating. Like but he's I not, will, he's hmm? not super prolific. I mean, I haven't. Here's the thing, though. I haven't. He isn't, seen, but you've seen like almost everything, haven't you? I've seen I've seen everything except the last two. I haven't seen Splice, and I haven't seen Haunter. I thought you had seen both of them. No. Hmm. But I've seen. I think I'm How the only. Strange. I think I'm the only person in the world who has seen Cypher. Probably. With, with uh, Lucy Liu. Yeah, I remember. And uh, um, Jer Jeremy Northan, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him too. Um, I have also I have seen his 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 Hannibal episodes. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, t I, I haven't seen any of his TV because I don't really watch that much television. And that's okay. You're terrible anyway. 
Um, but the other thing that I kind of thought about in strange in a strange way was um office space for some reason or another. Just like well, that kind know, of work like, sucks mentality. Yeah, but not just that. Like just their general like persona, like their characterization, made me think about that movie. A bit. Well, there are a couple uh, of slacker doofuses. I mean, they might as well be Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, uh, they're total idiots for the most part, and that's okay because mostly, like. I don't know. It makes sense for their characters. But they're like, affable idiots. I mean, yeah, they are. Like I still remember that. Like when they're when they're hating away things, they're just like when they first hate away their hunger, they're just like we hated away our hunger, and then like with this <laughs> shocked look on his face, he goes, "Maybe we are gods." And I was like, <laughs> I just lost it laughing because like what? it's so stupid. <laughs> One of my favorite gags in the film is Andrew Miller's like, oh, maybe we're dead. Maybe this is like purgatory. And then David Hewlett's like, Andrew, we can't be dead. We have cable. <laughs> which is weird because yes. because that joke is played as a shocker in the trailer for the film, which is cut like a horror film trailer. Really? And not like a not like this weird fucking comedy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, most of them most of the movie takes place in a white void. In the nothing. Yes, in the nothing, and it's basically full of like perspective tricks, gags. Oh, okay, yes, I wanted to talk about that. It's all like, yes, the writing is important, but like the camera in like the nothing is everything. It's really Ugh. good. It's really creative. Like, what like two of my favorite favorite bits that like it really reminded me like the first twenty minutes doesn't feel like Natalia. It feels like Gilliam, like I said, but like. The one shot that officially like kicked me back in to like, oh, this is absolutely him doing this was um Andrew was on the ground just laying down yes, having, I like, know this existential about. crisis, and um Dave just starts running to see if he can find anything, <laughs> and it's just him running in a giant circle, a perfect circle around Andrew, and it's <laughs> like and Andrew just rotates super slowly like a clock. And it's the most beautiful shot. Yeah, the way it's set up like, is that in the in the foreground you have David Hewlett, and he's just kind of like it looks like he's jogging in place. Yeah. And Andrew Miller is in the background, just sprawled out, and he's like slowly turning. And it's and like then it the, cuts immediately to a shot of um, Andrew on the floor, like close up on him, and with uh with uh, Dave running around slowly in circle and it's such a beautiful beautiful set of shots it's it's a very it's uh, natalia takes full advantage of the fact that he has like nothing to give perspective to have exactly. these really fun shots it's artsy as fuck and i dig it <laughs> and it's artsy on no money and i dig it well the thing is all of that was like gr- green screen exactly and they're, they're they're all like in harnesses and shit yeah it's basically it's, it's constrained filmmaking it's like how can i how can i make this visually interesting when there's absolutely nothing <laughs> which is the point of the movie <laughs> yes but then but then things take a turn they don't start editing like uh, hating away just stuff they start andrew starts hating away suppressed memories memories which i thought was like really interesting to like like the movie had like as much as it's like a stupid comedy it like actually has something kind of like weird and interesting to say about the way like people completely and utterly choose to casually forget things then be at peace with them instead of being at peace with themselves and like what they've done in life. Right. Especially in um 
won both their characters actually, but in Andrew's yes. more so. I mean, uh, in Dave more so than Andrew because he's the one who like refuses to acknowledge that they've had these fights, and he's like Andrew's just like no, like I'm not gonna forget how much you fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, at one point, I mean, Andrew starts gaining confidence, and that causes a rift in their friendship, and Dave chooses to hate away the hate. <laughs> And so it, he just keeps resetting, and Andrew just keeps pissing him off by saying that he won't forget. He gets angry again, then hates away the hate again. <laughs> the movie is full of these sort of funny feedback loops. Which reminds me a little bit of, um, what's that one beautiful, perfect computer chess? Okay, how does it... No, just, like, in feedback loops. I, like, I love all, right. all kinds of feedback. The same shit with, like... They came together. Feedback loop jokes are probably my favorite things in the world. Like, I don't know why. They're so <laughs> they're so frustratingly stupid, but I love them. They came together has, like, by far my favorite of all of them. Paul Rudd's sitting at a bar, and he's talking to the bartender, and he goes, Give me another. Make it a double. And the bartender says, You look like you had a bad day. Huh. Tell me about it. Well, you came in here looking like crap, and you haven't said very much. You can say that again. Well, you came in here looking like crap, and you haven't said very And, like, it just goes on and on and on. I think it, like, repeats itself six times or seven times straight. It's the Sideshow um, Bob Hidden the Rakes uh, method, right? Yes, I mean, yes, absolutely. Yes. You do it once, it's funny. You do it twice, it's still funny. Do it three times, starts to waver. Do it ten times, it becomes hilarious again. Exactly. <laughs> but you have to power um, through that lull. But, like, I don't know, sometimes a lull never comes for me because I'm so easily, <laughs> like, I'm so susceptible to these jokes. But anyway. The movie, um, is, the movie is full of, like, weird little touches, like uh, Andrew Miller's guitar solo. Yes. And then suddenly, like, Dave failing miserably at the drums every single time until he hates away the fact that he doesn't, like, (laughs) he he hates away the fact that he gives a shit. (laughs) And speaking of feedback loops, there's that sort of, there's that feedback loop of dream sequences when Andrew Miller falls asleep and they're, they're basically coming, they're basically out in the nothing exploring. And they sort of crouch down because you see it like a little tiny dot in the distance. They don't know what it is. So Dave Hewlett just kind of crawls slowly towards the dot, which turns out is the house. But what if there's someone else in the nothing? What if they're in the house? What if they want to kill us? And, and so, so it's <laughs> each one runs into the house in a completely different like like one from the back of the house, one from the front of the house, and these both happen at separate times. But the other one sees the other one killing the other one, and <laughs> like I don't know how to explain this logically. <laughs> it's it's like three consecutive dream sequences. Yeah, and like it has to be seen because it's really really just beautiful. <laughs> and here's another thing about this movie: it's 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 a, it's a kind of a, a dark comedy, I guess. It could get pretty. It gets really dark sometimes. It gets graphic. It yeah. gets like what the hell? I mean, uh, to, I mean, spoilers for nothing. The, <laughs> the 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 final showdown is basically them hating away each other. They're hating yes. away parts of their body. Yes, and like that was the moment where I finally hit that like, oh my god, this is like. This is the fucked up Vincenzo Natale movie I wanted. Like, <laughs> yeah, and but... like 
you see their body parts slowly but surely, like when they're dissolving away, and like there's this one, like when uh, A plus digital effects. Yeah, when Andrew's legs are like blown away and just falls to the ground, and it's like a like a shot from below, and it's just you see all of his organs. See the organ beat. And it's so beautiful, and, and I just thought of like Hannibal a little bit because that's how like I'm I'm convinced Brian Fuller saw this and was like, yeah, this is why I want. <laughs> and yeah, ultimately they just they hate away everything, including their house. The only things they don't hate away are their pet turtle Stan and their heads. And their heads. Ultimately, friendship prevails. Yeah. In the weirdest possible way. Yeah, because if you have to be stuck in a giant void of nothingness with someone for the rest of your life, you know, it might as well be your best friend's head. <laughs> oh, this movie is so bizarre. It is. And, oh, like, one of the things I really like that's, like, also, like, a little fucked up and, like, weird uh, is, uh, like, the memory sequences that are crayon-drawn. Yeah, there's by, a lot like, of... a child. It's really, like unsettling but like as dark as it gets it never like there's always this really nice levity to everything yeah i mean it's drawn in like bright crayon style but it has some like there's like a, there's like andrew reminiscing about being caught in an oven yeah being put in an oven he, got, he I, I think he got put in an oven to dry his well at least the story was about him having to dry his hair but then oh man he's in an oven <laughs> no it's really messed up and there's and the film actually starts with like sort of a uh, an animated sequence that looks like paper dolls, uh, where it's basically saying, "Oh, these are this is how these guys got together as friends because they were both fucking losers." And um, and the city of Toronto, you don't get a, uh, like a you don't get shit out of Toronto, honestly. Like, well, you don't get a shot of Toronto, but you get like sort of a like sort of a Gilliam S collage that is meant to resemble Toronto. And it's kind of a miserable place, honestly. Well, to, like, I mean, I can't really think of a movie in which Toronto looks good. I mean, the two that come to mind are the beginning of Nothing and the entirety An enemy. of Enemy, where <laughs> Toronto looks, gonna bring looks up enemy. piss yellow. Toronto looks like shit. It looks like piss. That's what it looks like. It does look like piss. That whole movie was just like, look how yellow we can be. I, uh, it's uh, very, I mean, the movie certainly has a color scheme. Yeah, certainly. It's not a good one, though. Uh, or at least, let me let me correct myself. We don't think it's a good one. Other people care for it. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, that's another discussion for another time. Yeah, it very much is, because it's a, it's a movie. <laughs> uh, anyway. The film's score was composed by one Michael Andrews. Oh, so work, I was going to ask about that, like, who working did the in, music? And a guy called Michael Andrews, who works in kind of a John uh, John Bryan sort of pop vein. Yeah, because it, it was very, like, I don't know, it was restrained, but it was very, I don't, like, I don't like saying it was pop-ish, but, like, it was, it was light. <laughs> if you if you if you've listened to John Bryan's um, 2001 album Meaningless, you have a pretty good idea of what this score sounds like. Yeah, kind of these, um, you know, kind of a. I can vibe with that comparison. Kind, kind of an alt pop kind of feel. Uh, he also he also has an album called uh, I think it's called Hand on String, which is very Brian esque. And I can't tell you how often. I've tried to find that closing credits song because it's so fucking good. 
And turns out that you can get it on his MySpace page. Really? And I mean, I don't have fucking MySpace. I mean, like, I mean, does anyone MySpace, have like, MySpace still? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna get. I'd him like my- to hope not. <laughs> I mean, MySpace is still a thing, right? I mean, I would assume so, but does anyone actually use it? Were you on MySpace, dude? I was. Once upon a time. Interesting fact: that's how my mother found out I was not straight. <laughs> on MySpace? Yeah, on MySpace. <laughs> I swear to God, that was this is my exciting coming out story. I, oh my I switched God. my. <laughs> this I is we're my getting we're to... getting into some heavy territory here. <laughs> Just like the movie. Ah, this is friendship. This is what friendship is like. <laughs> friendship is like coming out on MySpace. Yeah. No, friendship is telling each other deep dark secrets that you never knew about each other. Like how, and well, no, that's that's a different story because I never got blown by a dog under the bleachers and oh, hated God. that away. <laughs> Ay, 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 ay. Anyway, yes, this movie changed... has implied bestiality. <laughs> yeah, I changed my face, my my MySpace, not Facebook status, to from straight or to bisexual or interested in or whatever that was. Yeah, and and like I don't know, my mother apparently saw it and she like confronted me after picking up from picking me up from a friend's house and it was just like the most dramatic thing in the world because she's like, "Oh, you're just copying your sister when she went through that phase, blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc." Cetera. And it was oh, um, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was a it was an exciting time, and now look at me, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sound you sound thrilled. I know, right? See, this is a, this is this is where the real material. Man, this comes podcast in. Episode became a 11. really fast. <laughs> and that's what dark comedies are for. Uh, wow. <laughs> anyway, so um, I can just uh, jump back into the conversation about the film after this. We absolutely <laughs> can because I feel like we need to discuss the fact that they're first showdown to decide on who gets to stay in the house it's a video game duel man they're playing uh tekken i think (laughs) yes they're playing tekken and i want to know like did they spend any money they had for this movie on getting the rights to just like show an obscene amount of tekken that's that's just that's just a great detail because that's how these guys (laughs) would decide who stays in the house and who goes into the the white void right absolutely and with this and the split screen with them imitating the pose of the fighter it's it's great favorite thing amazing it's also it's a great scene another instance with split screen that was really beautiful in this was one day when they're first in the nothing and they're exploring it for the first time together and the screen just like splits into all these millions of little pieces and then it finally ends on this one shot of them being completely bored out of their minds after exploring it. And it's a split screen still, but it's slowly rotating the camera until it fades. It joins up. Shot. Yeah. And that was, that was really satisfying. No, lots of uh, formal playfulness in this film. Lots of uh, gags. Lots of insight about friendship. Yes. And it's all based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> well, appa- apparently how the how the film was conceived is that it was long initially it was long form improvisations between Hewlett and Miller 
with direction really? given by Vincenzo Natale. Because like I said <laughs> earlier, they're all friends, so they all live in Toronto. They can just I mean, it makes perfect sense. get together and do this. Yeah. And then Andrew Miller and his writing partner wrote the screenplay. Nice. So I mean, like but like the movie literally opens with um like the following text <laughs> the events portrayed in the motion this motion picture are true and it fades to black and then it pops up once again and it cannot be stressed <laughs> enough it is vitally important to understand that every single thing in this movie is true and then it fades to black again and pops up one last time totally and completely true <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a Coen Brothers gambit. It really is, except the Coen Brothers were actually like <laughs> subtle about it. No, this is that the Sideshow Bob hitting the rakes joke again. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. You don't, need to, you don't need to reiterate three times, but if you do, you, can you make don't it fun. even need to like iterate once because like, <laughs> this, is this like, clearly fiction? Yes, very much so. Yeah, there's a lot of artificiality in this film, and I mean, not just the sets, not just the fact that they're in a green screen, nothing. I mean, right off the top with those cards, it is just a very conceptually artificial film. Absolutely. Maybe maybe friendships are artificial, and they can change if the people change. Maybe that's what the movie is about. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I certainly don't. I just watch this movie. Like, Will anyone ever know? No. <laughs> Not even Natali or anyone who made this one up. But you know what, though, man? No what? one knows nothing. I know. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, so how long have we been talking? We've been talking for about, what, half an hour? Probably. Um. So, Derek, I have a question for you. Oh, uh, yeah, what's that? Would you rate this <gasps> rotten or... Fresh. <laughs> um, fresh, dude. I love yeah. this movie. Yeah, um, I'm on the same boat. I, I, I agree. It's a very good movie. I don't think it's perfect, but it's a very good movie. Visually inventive, very funny. Uh, yeah. Two, two good performances at its center. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it kind of has the same has a, a the same kind of Twilight Zone feel that Cube had, but this is a lot lighter. If oh uh, yeah, no, definitely. If Cube, Cube is. If, if Cube was like an existential horror kind of deal, this is more of a an existential comedy. This is like a Waiting for Godot. Yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. 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 I guess. <laughs> except it, it would be it, it'd be like Waiting for Godot, except the two doofuses don't realize that they're Godot. Yeah. Well, they kind of realize it, but not enough. I don't know. Whatever. It has, it has kind of a Beckett vibe. <laughs> Let's leave it I time. guess, yeah, I can, I can, I can vibe with that. Um, but yeah, double, double fresh. We agree again. I know, shocking. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> wow, please stop. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, do you get your recommendation first, or do I this time? I do, uh, right? Yeah, it's you because I reckon this is my movie, so you you wreck first. My recommendation, which is going to be. A very oddball choice. This is linked is, um, by year and by genre, not yes. necessarily by people involved. Year and genre, which is 2013. And, um, 2003. Two, yeah, three, not 13. <laughs> what is wrong with me? And uh, sci-fi. And it is actually an animated film. Oh. No. Yeah. Um, Damn. Ah. I hate you so much. Whoa! 
<laughs> um, oh my god, I can't even like. I was gonna straight up yell, but I thought better of it because you know it's late. I can't even go on with this after that. It is Interstellar five 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 five. The five Tory of the five Egret five Tar five Istum. <laughs> You and by that I mean Interstellar Five 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 Five, the story of the secret star system. The Daft Punk anime movie? Yes, the Daft Punk anime movie. It's a feature-length, uh, galaxy-spanning science fiction anime film set to Daft Punk's 2001 album Discovery. It's great. Which is still my favorite of their albums, frankly. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, no, it will always be my favorite. Discovery is really good. Discoveries, it's it's perfect. It's like a toss. Like like it's, it's like a toss up between that and Random Access Memories for me. I love Random Access Memories, but nothing will ever beat Discovery for me. Honestly, Discovery is really good. Like I can't think of a like a, an, an A side as solid as what is it? It's One More Time, Aerodynamic, uh, Digital Love, and uh, Harder Better. Har- God damn it! Harder, better, faster, stronger. Thank you. Yeah. That's, a, that's <laughs> that is like a legendary A side. Honestly, yes, and like I'm not gonna lie, something about us makes me cry. Like, like while watching, and also not. (laughs) That's a good. uh, That's a good. uh, That's a good. uh, Quiet storm jam. That's a good. uh... It's so sweet and nice and stupid, and I love it. I whatever. (laughs) Anyway, uh, plus it's just a really cool movie overall. Like, it's gorgeously animated. it's 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 short it's sweet it's to the point it has no dialogue uh yeah the only sound here is the sound of discovery yeah and like there's a couple little sound effects but not much um like additional but yeah it's um so interstellar 5555 yeah and i'm sure every single human being in this entire universe can guess that your (laughs) guess what your recommendation will be i'll give you i'll give you one guess I I'll give wonder. you just one guess. I I don't know. I think it's something by Vincenzo Natale. Am I right? Yes, I'm going to recommend Cipher, starring. No, I'm not recommending Cipher. Of course, you're not recommending. <laughs> not Cube, <Cypher>. fucker. <laughs> uh, Cube, the 1997 movie that started it all, at least with me. I mean, this was a watershed moment for me when I saw this movie for the first time on Canadian cable, three in the afternoon, uh, when I was entirely unprepared for what I was going to see. I'm it's, so glad you remember this by memory. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's Vincenzo Natale's first feature-length film, and it's a, it's what? It's seven people, or is it six people? I think it's six people. I don't remember. It's uh, you're people. the one who loves this movie with all your heart, and you don't remember how many people are inside the cube, Derek. It's seven people. Oh, that's right. Yeah, seven. There's seven people. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> They're, they're caught Although in, I'm a little disappointed it isn't six people instead of yeah. seven because it would just add to the cubeness of it all, whatever. Anyway, go on. So yeah, it's seven people wake up in a booby-trapped cube. They want to get out. That's all I'm going to tell you. That's all you need to know. Yeah, it really uh, is. And uh, yeah, it's like one of my favorite movies. It's low-budget awesomeness. Yeah, it was just made... Just watch it. It was made for... Uh, I think it was around... 200 grand ish sure <laughs> anyway so I'll uh, pretend i know 
So yeah, this this was really a, a wham bam thank you man episode. We really knocked this one out really fast. I know I'm so proud, but most importantly is yeah. What, what are we doing next, next time? Yeah, gonna be. So and... I don't know what Juan's picked. So this is gonna be a genuine reaction from me. So this movie is 11 years old. Okay. It stars an actress who I very much like and is mostly the reason I want to pick it. But also we're going back to our fantasy roots because our first episode was a super exciting fantasy. Okay, so it's a fantasy film. Yes, it is a fantasy It was released film. in 1994? 19, 2000, no, 2004. 2004. Who's yes. the actress? I, oh, I don't want to tell you yet. Oh, question. How do you pronounce, uh, is it Carrie Yule's? Like, Elvis. Carrie Elvis. Elvis. It is the Elvis. Princess Bride. Yeah. Okay, because I've the heard Bride? other people say it. Other... Yeah, it is Elvis. It's Elvis, yes. Okay, because I've said that before, and people were like, no, that's how I not hate you to say his name. And I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. Anyway. Wait, Carrie Elvis is in this movie? This movie features Carrie Elvis and the, um,. It also features Hugh Dancy and the dude from Hannibal. Yes, love of my life, Hugh Dancy. Hugh he Dancy is the love of my life. Vivica A. Fox as well. What the as fuck a fairy. is this? Uh, Hugh Dancy is obviously the prince because, like, why wouldn't he be? <laughs> Mini Driver. Are we doing? Wait a minute! 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 Are we no, doing? No. Wait a minute! Are we doing <laughs> Ella Enchanted? We're doing Ella Enchanted. You son of a bitch! <laughs> Starring Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, yeah. Steve Coogan's in it, too. Mm, okay, so I guess we're doing Ella Enchanted <laughs> next time, ladies and gentlemen. We're Jones. doing Ella Enchanted. <laughs> Why do you hate me, Juan? Because I hate you, Derek. God damn it. I know, I'm amazing, <laughs> what can I say? But no, it like, I haven't seen it in years, and I I remember it being a fun movie when I first saw it. So I'd like to watch it again and see if it actually is a fun movie, or All it's right. not. Actually, there's a lot of Anne Hathaway movies that are like 51 and 49 that I'm really bitter about, because I really would love to do like Love and Other Drugs, but it's 49%, because I like... I feel like that'd be an interesting choice for us to do. Whatever. Anyway. Who directed this? Who directed Ella Enchanted? A person. Uh, <laughs> you asshole. It can't be a place or a thing. It can be the other noun. It is Tommy O'Haver. O'Haver? O'Haver? What's he done that I might have uh, might have heard of? Mm, not a ton. Uh... <laughs> He did one episode of United States of Terror, one episode of The Loop, uh, a film called American, An American Crime, another film called Get Over It, and another film called he Billy's directed Hollywood Screenkiss. Yeah. The one with Cisco. Yes. And Kristen Dunst. Yes. <laughs> oh, that man. movie. That is exactly the one. A true, a true auteur. Honestly, like. <laughs> don't shit talk get over it <laughs> uh who else is in that movie that i know it is um is is am i imagining joseph gordon levitt in that movie or am i thinking of another movie is he in it is joseph gordon levitt in get over it or 10 things i hate about you 10 things i hate about you okay that's what it is that's what i'm thinking of yeah then. i was like what is he talking about like <laughs> zoe zaldana's in this who's the male lead I don't remember. Um, it's not Cisco. He ben plays like Foster. 
Ben Foster, that's right. A lot of people are in this movie that I didn't remember being in this. Colin Hanks, Mila Kunis, Susie Kurtz, Martin Short. Yeah, Martin Short plays like the te- like the like the flamboyant doctor, drama teacher. Yeah, yeah. A doctor? I thought he was a drama teacher. He's apparently a doctor. Oh, whatever. Doctor uh, Desmond Forrest Oates. So I guess we're doing Ella Enchanted next time. Yeah, instead of talking about Get Over It, we should. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're doing Ella Enchanted. Juan and I are both co-editors of a film criticism website called Dim the House Lights. Uh, you can find it at dimthehouselights.com. We're writers there, and uh, there are three other writers currently uh, in our employ. Uh, Chris, Mello, Michelle, Arf, and Ross Burks. If you're interested in seeing our other stuff on the internet pertaining to film criticism, uh, Juan is a contributor to the Miami New Times and also to Yam Magazine. I am a contributor to Sound on Sight. We're also both on Twitter and Letterboxd. Or Juan's handle on both those websites is Whoa, it's Juanito. That's W O A H, it's Juanito. All one word. Uh, mine on both Twitter and Letterboxd is Derek underscore G. That's D E R E K underscore G. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a rating, give us a review, something, feedback. We crave that. Come on. It takes two seconds and you help make the show better. Also, you know, it helps spread the word. Uh, if you're interested in more about this podcast specifically, you can go to the show's Tumblr page, which is at sitmwypodcast.tumblr.com. There you'll find links to our Twitters, our letterboxes, our iTunes show page, our RSS feed, and all sorts of other cool shit. And, you know, other old episodes. I mean, this is number 11. You've got 10 to listen to if you haven't caught up already. Um, I think that's everything, man. Are we going to see you Smell in two you weeks? you later, alligator. I don't know. Two weeks, one week. Who knows? We will try for next week, but in case that doesn't happen, see you in two weeks. See you.